Well, hello, God bless. Welcome back again to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. Today, we are going to go ahead and study another chapter of the book of Proverbs. Today is the 17th day of the month, so we will be taking a look at Proverbs chapter 17. So, as I always say, if you are in a position where you can do so, please go ahead and grab your Bible and open it up there to Proverbs chapter 17. It is in the Old Testament, probably somewhere around the middle of your Bible. We continue to read here the writings of a man named Solomon who... Uh, God used, God granted Solomon wisdom. You know, um, Solomon was a man who was the king of Israel. And, uh, you know, God basically gave him uh, a blank check in a sense and said, what do you want? You know, and he said, I want the, uh, the wisdom to lead your people. So, as a result of that, God was pleased with Solomon, at least at this point in his life, in the way he was, uh, you know, behaving, the way he was living his life, his desire to lead the people of Israel in a way that was pleasing to God, you know, at the start here. And God granted him wisdom in abundance, and he became the wisest man to ever live. Um, I say the wisest because his wisdom was from God. So, as we read this, it's just such a wonderful thing that we get to have an insight into this wisdom that came from a man who got his wisdom from God. So, as we read this, there's a whole lot for us to learn from, to grow, you know, in the knowledge of what's written here. And as I have stressed in the past, uh, it your life would be so much better if you would incorporate Proverbs into your daily life. Uh, it is 31 chapters. Um, you can pretty much read a chapter a month, right? Or excuse me, a chapter a day for a month. Um, just make it part of your life. And if you can read it to the point where you're hiding this word within your heart, in other words, it becomes a core part of who you are, you will find that as you go through life and as you get into certain situations, there will be things pop up in your mind from the book of Proverbs that, that say, oh, yeah, okay, this is the wisdom that I need for this circumstance, for this situation. And then you can use that wisdom in your life. Okay, so let's just go ahead and jump on into verse 1, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 1. It says, better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. Man, we could spend a long time on that verse, just how in-depth that verse is. I mean, because if you think of a house, look at the second half of the verse here. If you think of a house that is full of feasting, but it has strife. In other words, there's a lot of abundance in the house. Um, you can feasting if you want from an eating standpoint, but it represents more than that. It goes much deeper than that. You know, you might, you, 
you might picture a house that uh, just is everything that a lot of people desire in a house. It's decked out. It, you've got all the toys for your kids. You've got all the toys for yourself in the garage. You've got a nice piece of property. You've got the land you want. You've got all of that, right? But if you've got strife in the house, well, then it's far better, better to just live off of a morsel, just a tiny piece of something and have quietness. So the question is, is should you be striving for all of those things of life? Now, here's the thing, too. When you talk about that house that is so full with all of that earthly abundance, it can bring strife. Now, I'm not saying there has to be strife in a house that has those things, but those things can bring strife along, right? Think of how many times you hear about, and maybe you haven't heard about this, but it's a fact, right? When a couple sets out to build a house together, what the divorce rate is on that. Because there's so much focus on, oh, we want this. Oh, we need that. Oh, I want this. Oh, I don't want that. I want this. Well, I don't want that. You know, and there there just becomes strife in there. Rather than it's always better to live the simple life. It's always better to seek that life of quietness and simplicity where you're just trusting in the Lord and his provision for you. He knows your need. He knows you have need of things and he wants to provide them for you. But the way he wants you to live is in a manner that says, consider the birds of the air, consider the lilies of the field. You know, and you look and you say, God takes care of all of these things. He'll take care of me for sure. Why do I need strife in my life? Why do I need more stress in my life? Why do I need more things to manage, more things to take care of and all that? So again, we could. there's a whole lot in this one verse here. Simplify. Simplify your life. That's Proverbs chapter 17, verse 1. So let's move on to verse 2. A wise servant will rule over a son who causes shame and will share an inheritance among the brothers. So a wise servant will rule over a son who causes shame. In other words, if you're a father, you're a servant of the Lord, you're serving the Lord in this life of yours, and you've got a son who's causing shame, you need to take time out to put everything else on hold and go deal with that son. Whatever it takes, whatever needs to be done, you need to deal with that son. I've seen situations where even people in the ministry, you know, they have a son that goes astray. And the Bible's very clear, you know, in the New Testament, it's very clear on the fact that you need to have your house in order to be an elder within the church, within the body of Christ. You need to have your house in order. But so many people get stuck on what they're doing and they think they're serving the Lord. Well, if you're a wise servant, you're going you're gonna to rule over your son. You're going to pay attention to that because he's causing shame to the family. He's causing shame to the name, whatever the case may be, right? You need to deal with it. And what's the result? The second half of the verse says, and that wise servant that rules over his son will share an inheritance among the brothers. You know, in other words, your your life is is going to be a benef, you know, beneficial to others within the body of Christ. 
you know, and you're going to be part of the body of Christ. You're going to be able to have good fellowship. You're sharing that inheritance. You've got that good fellowship, the brethren, okay, as a result of just being a wise servant and doing what God wants you to do in the area of raising your children in every aspect of your life for that matter, right? Verse three says that the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart, okay? So in other words, where is the Lord working? Let me read that again and think about this verse as I do read it to you here. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. In other words, that's how you're gonna purify these minerals, right? You're gonna purify silver and gold, right? By putting them through the test, putting them for the fi- through the fire, right? But where does God test us? Is it in the outward things that we own? Is it in the house that we own, the business that we have, the cars that we drive? Is that where God's really testing us? No, he's testing our hearts. He's looking within. That's what he cares about. He cares about who you are. Are you a person of honor? Are you a person of integrity? Are you a person of loyalty? Are you a faithful man, a faithful woman? Are you godly in the way that you live your life? Do you care about the things of the Lord, right? These are the areas that God's going to work on in you. That's what he cares about when it comes to you and me, who we are internally. It's not about the things we have externally. Now, verse four goes on and says, an evildoer gives heed to false lips. Let me just stop right there. Think about that. An evildoer gives heed to false lips. There are people out there, they're just known for lying. They're known for not telling the truth, right? And that's the person that the evildoer, the one that wants to do evil, wants to pay attention to, the liar, right? That one, that person that wants to cheat, to cut corners and all of that kind of stuff. Some people like to follow in the way of those type of people. And it says a liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. So if a person is a liar themselves, right, they're going to listen to that person. They're going to be drawn to listening to that person that's spiteful in their speech, right? Maybe they're cutting others down. Maybe they're telling tales about others. And someone that is a liar themselves and an evildoer themselves, that's what they grab onto. That's what they listen to. Now, to the contrary, right, on the flip side of that, let me say, right, you can, if you're that you think on things that are good, like the scripture says, things that are pure, things that are lovely, good report, virtuous things, as it says in Philippians, right? If you thought these things, that's what the Lord wants you to do. Then you're going to find that you have good in your life. You're going in a good direction. You're on a good path. Good things are coming your way, okay? Verse five, he who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Look at that. Where, where does um, these type of things come from? If you're going to be somebody that that mocks the pure, or excuse me, the poor, you're mocking the poor. What are you What are you getting out of that? Where is that? Or not? What are you getting out of that? Excuse me. Where is that coming from? That's coming from something within you, somewhere you think you're better than that person, or that couldn't be you. You can't be that poor person. You couldn't be that. You're far too good. You're far better than that. So that's a, a, a problem of pride within you. 
right? He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. God's your maker. If you don't know that God is your maker, whether you deny that or not, it's true. And, you know, he says, he who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Why should you be glad? You know, why should you be happy? Jesus told us the opposite of that, right? He told us to pray for those who despitefully use you, you know, and, and we're supposed to be people of peace, people of love. If you're a person that is a follower of God, follower of the Lord, you're not going to be glad at calamity. You're not going to be glad when something goes wrong with someone else that you don't like, right? Or you shouldn't be glad with that, right? It's not, you're not going to go unpunished. Children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children is their father. So first of all, children need to honor their, their father and their mother, right? We know that. But then children's children are the crown of old men. So your grandchildren, they're like the crown of an older man. So if you are a father, you, you hear this, you need to make sure that your children honor their grandparents and that you put them in a position to honor their grandparents, right? Because they're a blessing to those grandparents and you want to bless your father, you want to bless your mother, right? As a godly man, as a godly woman, you want to bless them, right? Especially if they're godly people themselves and they're seeking the Lord and you're a godly person, right? And the glory of children is their father. So children should honor their father as well. Okay. Excellent speech is not becoming to a fool. Verse seven says, much less lying lips to prince. So you see two sides of the coin there, right? When you got a fool, he's not known for excellent speech. He might be known for fast, you know, fast words, you know, smooth talker, that kind of stuff. And a lot of people can fool a lot of people. A lot of fools can fool a lot of people with their excellent speech, but it's not, it's not becoming of them, meaning it's not really who they are. And on the flip side, right? A prince, if you're in a position of authority, you're in leadership, you're a ruler, you shouldn't be a liar. You should be doing things upright and honest, you know, and integri with integrity. Verse eight, a present is a precious stone in the eyes of its po possessor. Whoever he turns, excuse me, wherever he turns, he prospers. So a present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor, wherever he turns, he prospers. Okay, so Solomon's kind of looking at the world here. Remember, you got to think deeply when you're thinking in the way that Solomon's thinking here, right? He's looking at the world and he's realizing that he's just, it's just, just a fact, Okay, nothing super spiritual about this or anything like that. It's just a fact, right? If someone's carrying a gift, someone's carrying a present, and there's someone that goes out and they're a giver, they're giving to others, well, they're going to prosper wherever they turn, whichever way they go, because they're a giver themselves. They're thinking about others and they've got a present in their hand. They've got a gift in their hand. They've got something that they're going out and they're giving to others. Then, well, they're going to be well-liked. They're going to prosper. The people are going to think about them when they want to do good, 
Okay. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. So again, oftentimes here in Proverbs, we're seeing two sides of the coin. Okay. On the one side of the coin, the second half, half of this verse is someone that just gossips. They repeat a matter. They say, oh, did you hear what so-and-so did? Did you hear what happened in his marriage? Did you hear what happened in his business? Did you hear what happened in her life? You know, this type of thing. They're repeating a matter. They're a gossip. And what they do is separate friends. They lose friendships as a result. Most people that are gossips, you don't want to be friends with them. You know, if they're constantly cutting others down, you can, you can bet on this for a fact. I mean, this is a guaranteed thing right here. If someone is coming to you with gossip and talking to you about another one of your friends, another one of their friends or whatever, they're doing the same thing against you to that other friend. Okay. And that's just going to separate friendships. But on the other hand, it says you're seeking love if you're covering a transgression. You're seeking love. That's, that's what we should be, right? We should be people of love if we represent Jesus Christ. Verse 10 says, rebuke is more effective for a wise man than a hundred blows on a fool. Rebuke is more effective for a wise man than a hundred blows on a fool. So in other words, a fool is not going to take correction. They're not going to take heed to it. They're not going to benefit from it. Why do so many fools end up in jail time and time again as repeat offenders? Because they didn't take the correction. They didn't take the correction that was put there, the opportunity to restart, to redo something over and to learn and to grow and to change, right? But if you're a wise man, you're going to take the rebuke that comes your way. When you mess up, and you will mess up, you're going to take the rebuke that comes as a result of messing up. That's what a wise man does. An evil man seeks only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger will be sent against him. So let me read that again. An evil man seeks only rebellion. So that just tells you what's in the heart of somebody. They're evil. They're evil to the core. They're always thinking of a way to get ahead or in this case to, to get back at someone else, to uh, harm someone else in some way. Maybe it's a young man who wants to, you know, his parents. So he's rebellious. He does, and rebellious just means he don't want to listen to what's good. He don't want to listen to what's honorable. He doesn't want to listen to what's right or she doesn't, whichever the case may be. But it says, look at the second half of verse seven, a cruel messenger will be sent against him. In other words, bad times are coming. Bad times are coming if you act a fool. Bad times are coming if you want to be rebellious. You want to go against. Now look, again, you can think much deeper on this. I'm kind of, going through these verses kind of quickly here, though this is going to be a long chapter to get through. Um, but, you know, you can take this deeper. If you're going to rebel against God, if you're going to rebel against your creator, in other words, his desire for your life, his will for your life, well, then you got some bad times coming your way. 
You got a cruel messenger coming your way. It it isn't going to be good for you. Verse 12 says, let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Do you see how much the book of Proverbs talks about fools? Okay. So, you know, when a fool is in his folly, he's acting a fool and he thinks everything's good and he's partying and he's having a good time, you know, and, uh, you know, it says, "Let let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs. In other words, that's not a good thing. You see a fool in his folly. You see a fool acting a fool and trying to get everyone else to join in with him. Go away. Run away. You'd be better off to meet up with a, a, a bear robbed of her cubs, a mama bear. You'd be better to go tangle with them than to hang around that, that fool. Okay, so there's a lot of wisdom in here, especially for you younger folks out there. A lot of wisdom that says, okay, let me, let me back up and say this again, what I said at the beginning. This wisdom that we're reading right here came directly from God to a man named Solomon who wrote it down. And all these years later, we're reading it. What do you do with it? How do you apply it in your life? Are you going to allow yourself to benefit from what we're reading here? And if you're somebody that you've followed along with me thus far, then you care about wisdom. You care about the things of God. If you've lasted 22 minutes here into this teaching, that's a good thing. You're focused on the right things. So verse uh, 13 says, whoever rewards evil for good evil will will not depart from his house. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. So pay attention to what you're doing. Be wise in that sense, right? Do Do you see somebody that's doing good and then you're going out and you're, you know, being evil toward them? You're putting them down when they're doing good, right? That's gonna come back on you. It's going to come back on you. You do reap what you sow. Verse 14 says, The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. There's wisdom right there. You you can know. If you're wise, you know, uh uh-oh, this conversation is going in the wrong direction. There's about to be a quarrel here. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to turn and walk away, whatever the case may be. Because once it gets going, it's like water. It's going to keep flowing. So walk away. Be wise. Right? He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just. Both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. Pretty common sense, right? You're justifying the wicked. You know, I say that's pretty common sense, but (laughs) when I look at society today, I'm amazed at how many people justify the wicked. How many people justify those that are doing evil, that are doing wrong, you know, that are murdering and killing, and then people are justifying them and going against what is good. You know, a criminal who goes out to do wrong in our society. He's doing something wrong. He's breaking the law somehow, doing something. He's robbing a store. 
he's passing false money or what do you call that? Counterfeit money around, right? They're doing just something against the law. And then they have to deal with the law. And the law doesn't carry the sword or in our case, the gun in vain. And they end up not obeying the law. And when the law is confronting them, they're disobeying, they're fighting back and they die. We want to justify them. This society does today rather than justifying what is good. That's the problem, right? So he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, right? So when someone's doing good, they're keeping law and order. They're doing something that's right and you want to condemn them. That's an abomination to the Lord. Verse 15 of Proverbs chapter 17. That's an abomination to the Lord. Verse 16, why is there in the hand of a fool the purchase price of wisdom since he has no heart for it? So here again, we get back to the matter of the heart is what matters. That's what matters is who a person is. Someone might want wisdom. They might want to even pay for it, but it's just not in their heart. They're not going to deal wisely with the wisdom that they get, right? Verse 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So if you got a good friend, they're going to love you at all times. They're not going to be that gossip friend that's going to talk behind your back. You know, again, if someone's talking to you about another friend behind that friend's back, then you know they're doing the same thing about you or toward you, right? But a brother is born for adversity. So when there's trouble times and you're a brother, you should be there for your brother because he's going to be there for you, or at least he should. And if you got a brother that is there in times of adversity, You've got a real blessing and you should be there when he needs you as well, okay? And we can apply that to the body of Christ as brothers and sisters in the Lord, but we can also apply that just to the, you know, the, the family. Verse 18, a man devoid of understanding shakes hands in a pledge and becomes surety for his friend. So you're devoid of understanding if you're basically co-signing for someone else. You want to stay away from that. You want to avoid that, you know, or you're putting yourself on the line, you know, for someone else. It might, it's just not just a financial thing here. This is not a financial thing only. You can think about this in, in many ways of life. You know, you may say, someone may come to you and say, hey, you know, your friend just did this and they're not gossiping. Maybe they're telling the truth. But you say, oh, no, he would never do that. Not that friend. He would never do that. Now, nah, don't do that. Be wise. Find out the facts. Find out what's really going on. Don't put yourself on the line for someone else. He who loves, tra he who loves transgression loves strife. And he who exalts his gate seeks destruction. So first part of the verse, he who loves transgression loves strife. Because that's what you're going to get. If you're transgressing, if you're doing wrong, you're acting a fool, you're making bad decisions, then you got strife coming your way. And if you exalt, and he who exalts his gate seeks 
destruction. That's about, that's a matter of pride right there. Okay. You don't need to exalt anything you do in life. You need to exalt the Lord in your life. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Let him lift you up. You don't need to brag. You don't need to brag about what you have, what you own, where you're going. You know, you're just seeking destruction. He who has a deceitful heart finds no good. And he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. Again, this should be common sense. You're going to find no good if you're trying to deceive people, but yet so many people, and and, you know, circumstances and situations pop into my mind of people that I know that are deceitful in their heart and they wonder why they have no good. They're always trying, like I said, trying to cut the corners, trying to find the easy way, trying to get what they want, seeking after the things of this world. It's money, it's fame, it's fortune and all that. And they end up with no good in the end. And maybe if they find the things that the earth calls good, the world, excuse me, this present day world calls good, they're not finding what's really good in the eyes of God. And a perverse tongue falls into evil. The second half of verse 20 there says that. And we, so we got to be careful with the words that we speak. You know, King David said, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. That's what he cared about. That's what he wanted. He wanted his whole, his, the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart. Meditation of his heart meaning what? The things he was thinking on. Because the things you're thinking on are going to come out of your mouth sooner or later. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus said. Verse 21, he gets a scoffer, does so to his sorrow. And the father of a fool has no joy. Okay, so if you beget a scoffer, you do so to your sorrow. In other words, you get a child, one of your offspring, that's a scoffer. In other words, they're a mocker. They're just always up to no good, always running their mouth, always rebellious. That's sorrowful to the parent, isn't it? And a father of the fool, a father of a fool has no joy. If you're a young man out there, you're a young woman out there, don't be a fool. Honor your mother and father. Care about their lives. And don't be ashamed to your name. And you don't have to be. You can repent. Today is the day that God's mercy is new. You can begin today to do what's right. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bone. Here again, you know, if you may know, if you notice, we're going into different topics from one topic to the next topic to the next topic with Proverbs. You know, oftentimes there's not many verses that flow together. There are some in the book of Proverbs, but not many of them flow together as far as subject matter. And he says, a merry heart does good like medicine. So it's good to be cheerful. It makes a difference. Makes a difference in your life when you're cheerful. But a broken spirit dries the bones. A wicked man, verse 23, accepts a bribe behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. Do we see that in our society today? Do we see that in politics today? We sure do. Perverting the way of justice, accepting a bribe. 
is in the sight of him who has understanding, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. So let me read that again. Wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding. Okay, so if you're wise and you're understanding, then you're going to be focused on what is wise. You know, when you picture in the sight, picture like a gun sight, you know, you're looking down that gun sight. What do you focus on? What are you aiming toward? What is your target in life? Is it wisdom? It says, but the, the eyes of the fool are on the ends of the earth. In other words, they're not even focused on anything. They're just looking way up ahead when, again, you know, and when you picture that focus on a target, right? The fool isn't doing that. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. We've talked about that already, huh? A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Verse 26, also to punish the righteous is not good. Hmm. Think about that in our society today. Nor to strike princes for their uprightness. It's not good. When someone's doing right, they're setting out to do what's good. They, they should be honored for that. He who has knowledge spares his words. Wow. Do I really need to comment on that? I need to spare my words on that. He who has knowledge spares his words. That speaks abundantly in and of itself, doesn't it? And a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Scripture says, he keeps them in perfect peace whose mind is set on him. That's what the Lord wants us to be, of a calm spirit. Again, no strife, no stress, because we're not getting entangled with all the things of the world that are bogging us down. We're focused on things that are good and pure and lovely and just and of good report. And verse 28 says, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. Wow, a lot of power in that. Again, being of a calm spirit, doing what's right, not being a gossip, honoring your parents, being a person in just an everyday life, a person of integrity and honor. So that's Proverbs chapter 17. Again, I really exhort you, get into the book, the book of Proverbs, get into the word of God in general, but make Proverbs a part of your everyday life. So much to learn, so much to gain. If you're a parent, you can learn how to train up your children in the way that they should go. If you're a child, if you're, you know, a teenager, let's say you listen to this and, and you, and you apply it to your life, you're going to be so blessed. I know it's so hard when you're a teenager to see, you know, that you're not always going to be a teenager, but you've got, you've got the opportunity. Again, if you're somebody that's listened this far, let me tell you something. God is working in you because his word is powerful. 
and God cares about you and he has a good path for you to be on and it is a path of righteousness. So we'll go ahead and stop here for today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, whichever the case may be. Would love to hear from you. You can go to our website, fill out the contact form. It's aloveoutreach.com. Let us know where you listen from and maybe the benefits you've got from this teaching or some of our other teachings or maybe we can help you in any way, help you to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord, direct you and guide you all by pointing to the word of God. That's what we do here at the Ministry of a Love Outreach. And you can even email me directly, Dave at a loveoutreach.com. But God bless, and we will see you next time.